All right, it's good to see everybody this morning. Let's go ahead and jump into the Word of God and expect a Word that will change our lives. Oh, I love those songs. I love those songs our worship team are singing. Man, that, that new one, the champion. I don't know about you, but there's times I go through things in my life that I love the champion just to show up. And our God says, I got this. I got this. You just trust me. You know, there's sometimes when people that are in the church and outside the church are looking for encouragement. They're looking for someone to stand with them in prayer. And so we have something exciting that we're about ready to kick off. And I'm so uh, privileged to have Lisa as part of our staff. And she's going to introduce that to you today. Again, for prayer, 
uh, solving issues, some assistance, things like that. That's what this line is for. So we'll talk a little bit more about it in a couple of weeks and introduce everyone personally, but we just wanted you to be aware. Take a snapshot of that soon. We will have magnets for your refrigerator and things like yesterday. Not that any of my face will be sitting. <laughs> Can't we just throw everything down, it seems like. But you can take a picture of your phone, put a number in your phone. We want to know you to know that we want to connect with you on an individual basis. Uh, when you have needs or Sounds good. Thank you, Lisa. You know, and if you remember that number, you can call, and, and that'll be on call for those people that are helping us. And uh, you never know, I might just call, and you know, I might get Harvey, and he says, who is this? And I say, uh, Bruno Volley. No. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. I've just been watching some of your Facebook posts and encouragement through the week. And as a church family, you know, I, I'm going to post some pictures of our church and some of the things we've done in the last year. Has this year felt like it's been like two or three years in a row? You know, you go, wow. Um, yeah, anyway. So uh, I hope you have had a great week. Uh, remember last week we talked about the, the Word of God. Jesus says to his disciples, he, he says something that is just boom. They've never recognized it. But if anybody, for my sake, in other words, you're, you're doing the things of God and you suffer loss, God says anybody that gives up, and he listed all these things, will in this life receive a hundred times. Now sometimes that's just too good. That isn't how it works. That isn't how it works in my experience. Remember that a lot of times our belief system is wrong. And it's easier sometimes to learn something new than it is to unlearn something that you thought was right, but just wrong. It's kind of humbling. And in, in that passage, Jesus says, a hundred times fold will be returned in this life. And then it says, and also in the life to come. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good deal. But the world, again, and the enemy tries his best to speak into our life. And, and what I'm realizing through this series more and more, and you know, as I'm focused on this subject and as we're going through this, it seems like more and more the thing that is overlooked in your life and in my life is having hope. We know that the love of God, I mean, sometimes we, we blow that out of, you know, well, yeah, 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 you know. Or, or we get to, I gotta have faith, I gotta have faith. Are you okay, sir? Yes! Gotta have faith. When we sing songs like Up from the Ashes, hope will arise. When I talk to people that are in the, the midst of just the storm, I mean, to the, sometimes to the point of even suicide, the thing that is yelling, I have no hope. I have no hope. Now, now, let me remind you, because I, I want us to go down into this, this wonderful journey with God's goodness. In this series, I, I want to, again, bring out that, that to, for you and I to know the goodness of God in our life. And, and I, I could spend hours just going, you know what God's done over here? Do you know what God's done over here? And, and I, I could almost... Anyway, we'll go further. I, I, I can't stop there because God is so good. The second thing is in knowing that the goodness of God is in your life right now. 
then he will provide for you in the future. See, a lot of times when we lose hope, whatever the problem is that comes in our life, it is so pressing. It's yelling. But when we know the goodness of God and he will provide for us in the future, then there's something that, that when we get that goodness of God and we begin to confess it, we begin to sing it, we begin to, you know, uh, if, if it takes just going somewhere, shutting the door and saying, God, you're good. Write down things in your life that God has provided for you. In America, sometimes we overlook, we take things for granted. Do, do you know that I think everybody here probably has a place that you can go to the restroom inside your house? You don't have to go 50 yards to the outhouse. But see, since everybody has it, well, that's just a given. What else are we taking? God's good to be able to provide the things in our life that, that He is good, He is good. Then we get hope that He'll provide in the future. Then in that hope, my hope is an anchor, as we talked about a few weeks ago. My hope, I'm not going to pull up the anchor every time it gets a little shaky. And in that hope, I can put inside the hope, faith, because faith is being sure of the things we hope for and certain of the things we do not see. See, a lot of people are trying to have faith, but they have no hope. You put faith in that hope. God, I know. I know this job, this situation with COVID, all these things are shaky. But I know that, God, you're going to take care of me. Whatever it is. I, my, that person at work is getting on my last nerve. But, God, you're good. And you're going to give me a way to be able to see that you're going to take care of it. And you, you've got this. Now, watch this. When you get that revelation, as I talked about in the earlier part, is recognition brings revelation. When you get the goodness of God and you begin to hope and the smile comes on your face, you know what that is? That's a thankful heart. We're going to talk about that this morning. A thankful heart in, in the blessings of God that He's got for us. Um, now, now let me say this. That when that happens, we can walk in power in the present because we have hope in the future. Hope in the future brings power in the present. The Holy Spirit walking through us in the present, He can speak to our life encouragement. This is the way walk in it. This is, and when we understand that, then the peace of God comes over our life and really is the referee of everything that we're going through. Well, I know I have to do it, but I'm just not at peace. Don't! Now, let me make this statement. Unbelief is so safe because there's no risk and almost always gets what it expects. Let me, let me tell you how it works in my life and what I've seen a lot of times in our lives. That a problem comes. What, what's the problem? It, it can be a problem in a relationship as close as at the grocery store, whatever the problem is. The problem can be, I don't know why that bill is so high. I don't know why my truck just broke down and I need a new alternator. Whatever it is, the problem comes. And at that point, it shows up, as we said, to ask, who are you? 
Now, now, once you get away from God, it, it seems, in my opinion, it is always put to the test. You get, you recognize, God, you're good. And the revelation comes, man, you have blessed me. Alternator in the truck went out. When the problem comes, most of the time what follows immediately is fear. Now, it, it might not be that you're going to you know, lay down in a fetal position, that much fear. But you know what I'm talking about? Oh no, how am I going to do it? How, how am I going to take care of this problem? When fear comes, you either fight or flight. Most of the time, if you have been known for running, the, the flight part of it, there's some problems that you know that no matter how much you run, you're still going to have to face that one day. Here's the symptoms of hopelessness. When you find yourself getting into a place of worrying, complaining, maybe crying, negotiating with God, God, I tell you what, I'll read my Bible every day for, you know, making deals, hopelessness, uh, compromising in your life, uh, trying to manipulate the situation, and even anger at times. All part of the fear and losing hope in your life. But when the love of God comes, listen, when the goodness of God is recognized, all of a sudden that changes. I don't want you to raise your hand, but all of the people in here that are the not the positive people, but the realistic people, you know what I mean? just the way it is. It's reality. You know, you're negative. No, no, I'm realistic. Okay, whatever you want to say. Sometimes we think that as long as you can control the situation, everything's going to be okay. And sometimes when you get into losing hope, if you're into that mindset, you'll begin to try to do things like even worry thinking that it's going to change the situation. We know that worry doesn't, but there's a, there's a mindset of trying to control it and to change the outcome. I'm going to worry about it. I'm going to confess. Oh, man, I tell you what, I don't know what I'm going to do. As I read this morning, Isaiah 54, and, and the goodness of God is recognizing that no matter what has come against us in the past, even if the mountains are shaken and the hills are removed, he says, I'm not going to stop loving you. Circumstances will talk into our life and say, he's already stopped. But that's a lie. Now, now stick with me. We're going somewhere. I'm building a case here for the part of the message that's going to change and rock your world. When God says... My covenant of blessing will never be broken. You realize the creator of the universe is saying that, right? I can't convince you unless you come to the realization that the goodness of God is not just for the person sitting next to you, but you. Paul got this revelation in Ephesians chapter 1. And Paul had gone, let me tell you, you might have done some bad things in your life. But did you ever purposely go out killing Christians? 
That's what Paul did. And when Paul gets this revelation of the goodness of God and it's going in and out of his life, and I mean, he's going through struggles, but he comes with this idea and all of a sudden he begins to walk a different direction than what he thought was right as a, as a Jesus hater or a Christian hater. And now watch this. He comes to the point that here's his prayer for this new church and all these new people that are trying to get it, maybe like some people here today. And, and he says this, this is what I've been praying Listen, in Ephesians 3.17, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. I think I've got God's love figured out. Wrong. That you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God that's that's Paul's prayer well pastor the fullness of God you're saying that he's praying that I might be full of love as the fullness of God yeah that's what we're going to be talking about today when you begin to walk in the understanding and in the, the the walking in the revelation of man I tell you what God is just good sometimes Realistic people will say, that makes me feel like my skin's going to crawl. All that creepy, I love you. Let me just speak to you for a minute. Go into a room and get over that. Just begin to thank God. Begin to say, there's nobody going to see me in here. Nobody's going to judge me in here. And begin to speak, God, you're good to me. God, and, and begin again to write down some of those things that you're reminded when you wake up in the morning. Again, the non-believer way is going to be versus the hope, the God goodness, the hope in God's goodness way. Problems show up. Fear comes. Then we as believers put our problem knowing that God loves us, when we realize that, we have hope that's going to be taken care of. We have to trust Him. We have to put our faith in that, that God, you're going to take care of me. A thankful heart comes. There's power in the present. And today I want to talk about something that we all like, and that is the blessings that follow. Last week we talked about a situation where here's Joshua and he's been told by God in the first chapter of Joshua, be strong and courageous, don't fear. And, it, and, he, and God says, here's what I want you to do. I, I don't want the word of God to leave your, your heart, your mind, your mouth. I want it to consume you. Why? Because when you're going through a place where you have not been before, you, you have to realize the goodness that I have for you. He gets to a place in Joshua chapter 10 where there's five kings that are their whole armies overwhelmingly are going to come against one of his allies, the Gibeonites. And the word that God speaks to Joshua when he says, God, here's a problem. The word comes back, not one of them will be able to withstand you. So that's the title of our series. Not one of them. And the Bible says that they go against the enemy and wipe out those five kings even to the point of saying, you know, they're, they're too strong. God says, what? 
I'll even stop the sun for a full day. It's going to stay in the sky. It's not going to be night for a full day so that you're going to wipe out the enemy. You see, we, we work in these perimeters of natural will. It can only work this way and I can't see any. God says, I don't work in the way you work. Do you know that even in the middle of the battle, God sends hailstones down and the enemy dies because of the hailstorms. And it says more enemy soldiers die because of the hailstorm than by the sword of the Israelites. What's your problem that you're going through that you will not give it to God? That you will not say, God, I can't. I got to give it to you. You're good. I know that as I walk this out by faith and patience that it's going to come about. Now, now, where we're going this morning, for some of us, it's going to take opening up our mind to allowing God and the goodness of God to work through our situations right now in our life. I want you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it's interesting because this is after the time of Joshua. They've already conquered the land and generations have been set up. This is, this is down the road after King David, Saul, Solomon. And you get to the place where the two kingdoms have been divided, south and north. Israel is in the north and Judah is in the south. Jerusalem is in the south. Each part of this country, Israel, Israel in the north, Judah in the south, has its own capital, has its own king. Now this is what's so fascinating, is a king comes into power, Jehoshaphat. Isn't that a name? I don't know about you, but I don't want any name with fat in it for me. But anyway, but Jehoshaphat is, is considered a godly king. And he starts out in, I think it's around chapter 18, and it says that he does, he starts building the kingdom and people begin to fear him because of God. He's a God follower and people begin to go, oh man, he's got it going on. I mean, that's a king. But it progresses, and I won't tell you the first part of his life, you need to go back and read that. But in chapter 20 is what we're going to talk about today. And it's because there's a problem that's going to face a king. I don't care how many purple robes he could put on or gold rings he could wear. Still had problems just like you and I. And here's a problem that comes. There's an enemy so large that they can't hardly be counted. It's a, it's a it's a horde of barbarians. And they're at the gates of the city. They've already crossed over the Dead Sea. If you know the map in your mind of Israel. They've already crossed over and they're going to be here soon. The music in the movie starts playing. You're on the clock. You're King Jehoshaphat. The problem is in your lap. And everybody, young and old, are looking at you. What are we going to do? In chapter 20, it says, this problem comes to him. That's the problem. It says, the Ammonites are accompanied by the Mennonites and the Moabites. Now, I want you to remember this. We have ites in our life, don't we? 
I'm not the only one. We have ites in our life, don't we? Marriageites. That's right, I said it. Jobites. Billites. Neighborites. All attacking those areas of our life. That's the problem. Now, now again, I want you to put yourself in Jehoshaphat's shoes, sandals, and, and I want you to see, here's a problem. The drum is rolling, the clock is going, what are you going to do? And I'm going to read out of the message, because some of you maybe have read this out of King James or NIV, so it, it's going to be a kind of a new look. So what is he going to do? The problem shows up, fear comes, Here's the question. Is he going to run? It says in verse 3, shaken. So we know that it is a pretty, pretty bad problem. Jehoshaphat did what? He prayed. He went to God for help and ordered a, na- ordered a nationwide fast. Do you know, if, if you've ever fasted, it's like, this week? I got so much this week, maybe next week, this week. But if there's a problem so big in your life, you'll go this week, right now. And again, a fast is, to again, to bring us to the realization of what God's saying in our life. It's not to get God's attention. We have God's attention. But can you hear what he's saying? And, and, and he's calling a fast, and it says the whole country of Judah united, and they're seeking God's help. They came from all the cities of Judah to pray for God or pray to God. In verse number five, it says, Then Jehoshaphat took a position before the assembly, uh, assembled people of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of God in front of the new courtyard and said, Oh God! Anybody ever been there before? Oh God! Me and you, whoever amen me on that. Oh God! God of our ancestors, are you not God in heaven above the ruler? Uh, above and ruler of the kingdoms below? Now now ask yourself, what is he doing? You hold all the power and might in your fist. No one stands a chance against you. And didn't you make the natives of this land leave as you brought your people Israel in, turning it over permanently to your people Israel, the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Then or they have lived here and built a holy house of worship to honor you, saying, When the worst happens, what is he doing? When the worst happens, whether war or flood or disease or famine, and we take our place before the temple, we know you are personally present in this place. I'm asking you, what is he doing? What are you going to do? We're going to get an example from him. What is he doing? What should you do when the problem comes? He says, we go to this place and we pray out our pain and trouble. We know that you will listen and give victory. And now, God, here it is. It's happened. Men from these places have shown up. You didn't let Israel touch them when we got here at first. In other words, when they possessed the land, you said, don't touch these people. So they had to go around them. And now they've come to kick us out of the country you gave us. Oh, dear God. What's he doing? Won't you take care of them? We're helpless before the vandal horde ready to attack us. We don't know what to do. We're looking to you. 
Now, now I want you to see this. This is very important. This next verse kind of gives you the pressure of what he's dealing with. He said, it says in verse 13, Everyone in Judah was there, little children, wives, son, all present and attentive to God. You got all these people as he's saying this, praying this. Years and years ago, I, I talked to Terry Vauder and we said, you know, th this week was a tornado that went through. This was years ago. And, and Brian, his son, was just a little boy. And, it, it, you know, it's amazing how little boys will grow up, you know, and they learn from their dad. It, it's amazing, you know, when I see how big Justin is. And Terry, it's good to have the Turners here today. And Terry, you go, well, how are you doing? You've been eating your corn, huh? You know, huh? So Brian, at this time, Terry's son, is just a little boy, and, and the tornado is rattling the house, and Dad, Dad, and he goes, Son, this gets me every time, because he says, Dad, keep your eyes on Dad, because if, if I'm not worried, it's going to be okay. Here's a king, and instead of saying, I can do this, I'm the king, he's going, God, <laughs> what, what's he doing? Let me give you an, a suggestion. Here's what I see King Jehoshaphat is doing. He's encouraging himself in the Lord and encouraging the people that are around him by remembering verbally what God has said over his life and the people's life. He, he's praying. He's withdrawing the love out of the love bank of God and saying, God, I have put my hope in you. I followed your ways. All of these kings that are anti-God, following Baal and all these other kings, and they were kings of Israel and Judah, but he wasn't. God, I, I put my hope in you. By verbally saying things in your life. Now, and again, some people are audio and some people are verbal. I'm verbal. Just by talking sometimes to Gwen, I, I, I hear myself. And I know that sounds a little bit woohoo, But I mean, I, I can talk and I can, I can, it, it can lead to some, I mean, I'm hearing myself. That's why it's so important to confess, God, you're a good God. Well, I already know that. Well, say it out of your mouth. Let your ear gate come out of your mouth and back into your ear gate how good God is in your life. That's what he's doing. He's praying out loud and his people are going, that's right, that's what God said. It says, Then Chazrael was moved by the Spirit of God to speak from the midst of the congregation. This is a Levite, a priest. Now I want you to see what he says. Attention everyone, all of you from out of town, all of you from Jerusalem, and, the, and you, King Jehoshaphat. In other words, he's about ready to prophesy what God has told him. Now, th this is good stuff. I hope you can handle it. Because he says this. This is what God told me right now. God's word. Don't be afraid. Don't pay any mind to this vandal horde. This is God's war, not yours. I saw that going a whole different way in my mind when I was reading that. Is there anybody here that can just for a second hold on to that? Just it, It's so fast. It's sometimes so good. Oh, it can't happen. Oh, yes, it can. 
God says, the war is not yours. It's mine. I got this. What's the problem that you're going through? When the problem comes, fear hits us. But what happens after that is going to depend on what you do. Are you going to run? Because it's a lot easier to run than it is to fight. But God says, you don't even have to fight. I'll fight for you. Now, now, now get this. Okay, okay, okay. Sit down, sit down. Quit getting excited. Sit down. It says this. Tomorrow you'll go after them. See, they're already on their way up the slopes of Ziz. You'll meet them at the end of the ravine near the wilderness of Jeruel. You won't have to lift a hand in this battle. Just stand firm, Judah and Jerusalem, and watch God's saving work for you take shape. Don't be afraid. Do you know how many times God says, don't be afraid? He even shows up, you know, angels show up and says, don't fear. You know why? Because we're all, I got this. <laughs> don't be afraid. Just like he's still in Joshua. Don't be afraid. Stand and be courageous. Don't waver. What well, my interpretation, don't pull up your anchor of hope. Don't waver. March out boldly tomorrow. God is with you. Now, now what just happened? Through the prophet, God is saying, I'll be able to take care of this. That's what happens when hope comes. There's, there's a thankful heart that comes over us and goes, Ooh. When we were building this building, a problem showed up regularly. But the biggest problem was, I had believed that God said to build this building on this property so that you would be here this day. Now, he didn't say exactly that, but I knew that there were people coming that I didn't even know. And so anyway, the day comes that we've got the building permit all done, all the checks off except one. One. And it was that we did not have enough, the, the city of Fort Worth said, enough water pressure in this area to have a fire hydrant so that legally they could not give us the permit to build sorry we've invested every penny we have we, we've got everything now we're building the we're about ready to build the building and we can't even do it and pretty much we have a piece of land that is in their mind worthless until water can be brought out from the city of Fort Worth that could take years because at that time Keller had the water rights but they didn't have the money to provide the you know the infrastructure to put water in, in this area I went to my easy chair, my, my recliner, maybe some of you guys have one of those, and I sit down, and I laugh so hard right now, but then I was not laughing. I, I tell the, the story, and it's almost like a joke. My thumb started twitching. Fear was all over me. Talk about shaking. Joe's fat was shaking. John was shaking. About that time, Michael J. Fox had just got um, Parkinson's or whatever. And, and he said that that's how it started. I have it. 
I've got it. I mean, the enemy just jumped on me and said, you got it too. No, 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 no. Before the end of the night, it was Lou Gehrig's disease. I couldn't sleep that night. I got up and I turned on the TV and it was a commercial for Lou Gehrig's disease. I'm not kidding you. Now this, you know, what, 20 years later? (laughs) But then I was not laughing. And you might be in a place right now where you're not laughing. And I remember Gwen reading the Word of God. Now this sounds so spiritual. I was not spiritual. I was scared. Scared. I've led all these people to go out here in the sticks, out here in Keller, and we don't we can't even build a building. And Gwen started reading as I laid in bed. I couldn't sleep, and she began to read, and, and I went to bed. The next day, I, I called the fire chief, and he says, You know what? We didn't realize, but there's a, a line that runs right in front of your church that we don't have record of. I'm just going to fax over the permission to go ahead. I will fight for you, God says. Now watch this. Here's what the king does in chapter, or verse 18. Then Jehoshaphat kneeled down, bowing with his face to the ground. Do you, do you want to talk about what position you need to assume? Here it is. He knelt down, bowing his face to the ground. All Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping God. Again, that thankful heart that's coming out. The Levites, both Korathites and Kohirites, can't we call them Jim and John, huh? <laughs> Stood to their feet to praise God and God of Israel. They praised at the top of their lungs. I, I guarantee you they didn't have to go, I raise a hallelujah. Oh man, can you believe? They probably, they might have even been off a little key, you know. I raise a hallelujah. And everybody's going, go baby, go. (laughs) If you can't sing, humming will work, okay? Raise a hallelujah. They went up early in the morning, ready to march out. In the I love that they get up early, they're ready to go. They march out. As they were leaving, Joseph had stood up and said, Listen, Judah and Jerusalem, listen to what I have to say. Believe firmly in God, and your lives will be firm. Believe in your prophets, and you'll come out on top. What he's saying is, even when you can't see it, God's working. Even when you can't feel Him, He's working. Sometimes in the middle, from the time God gives you the word, I got this, to the time that it manifests where you can see it physically taking place, you need to just say, God, you're working. I believe. God, you're working. And if you're a spouse, don't try to talk him out of it. Oh, I don't know if he's working. No, you say. I'm agreeing with you. It says this. This, this gets into a whole, talking about a thankful heart and having hope and then having 
power in the present. This is a king that is shaken. There is more coming against him than he can count his men. And now he's going to the whole different way because it says in verse 21, after talking it over with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir dressed in holy robes. They weren't even in battle gear, this choir. And it says they were to march ahead of the troops singing... I am so thankful. Why? Because they say the words, give thanks to God, His love never quits. Give thanks to God, His love never quits. They can't see it. There's still the problem out there. Nobody's saying, oh, there's not any enemy. They're not a a marauding horde of barbarians. No, no. They're not saying that. But they're choosing to focus on the love of God. His love will never quit. Even in the midst, when our eyes in a few minutes, when we get to over this hill here and look down on, and they got all this valley of enemy troops that want one thing, to kill me and take everything I got. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Give thanks to God. His love never quits. Some of us need to, instead of getting on the phone and calling somebody and asking for advice that don't know what to do in their own life, instead of getting on the phone, we need to go to the throne. All right. You can quote me on that, but also put Joyce Myers underneath it. All right. As soon... Well, Pastor, it sounds so crazy for us to sing that. As soon as they started shouting and praising, God set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir as they were attacking Judah. And they all ended up dead. How'd they do that? Watch this. The Ammonites and the Moabites mistakenly, mistakenly attacked those from Mount Seir and massacred them. Then further confused, they went on and and killed each other. They ended up killing each other. As Judah came over the hill, now remember, God's good, His love never quits. I don't see it, I don't taste it, I don't touch it, but I've got hope and I put my faith in that hope. His love never quits. They're going to come over and they're about ready to face the biggest army that's wanting to kill them. And it says, as Judah came over the rise, looking into the wilderness, For the horde of barbarians, they looked on killing field of dead bodies, not soul among them. Man, Mm. now, now they have a they don't have a problem raising their hands and worshiping God at this point. Do do you know that before they get there, they're probably walking and His love never quits. What do, you, what do you do when you're in that place before you see God take care of it? You sing a little louder. <laughs> sing a little louder. Over the unbelief. And so when you get there and you see the victory, mm, here's where I think a lot of us leave. This, this is where we stop. We, we praise God for the victory, but we leave the blessings on the table. The hundredfold. The the alternator goes out in the truck and we go, well, I I was able to get another one. Hallelujah. Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. As we talked about last week, devil do the math. A hundred times. I don't know if we need a hundred 
alternators, but we'll take a hundred blessings on top of that. It says in the next verse, this is the part that just, I got to hold on. It says, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to carry off the plunder, they found more loot than they could carry off. Equipment, clothing, and valuables. Why those soldiers would carry that into battle, I have no idea. Except that everything that they had now became the children of God's. Hey, have you ever heard the passage, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous? Think about it. There's so much stuff that it took three days to cart it away. On the fourth day, they came together in the Valley of Blessing. Don't miss it. That's the title of the, ser- the sermon. The Big Valley of Blessing. Anybody ever watched The Big Valley growing up? You got Heath, just not Heath Barkley. But anyway, it says they came to the Valley of Blessing and blessed God. Now, now, here, here, here's the last stage, and we'll, we'll close it down, and worship team will come up and we'll worship. The blessings are there for a reason. Now, now we, we, we know that when it says it's not all about you, in the New Testament, as we, it is kind of, it's up to us to choose. God says, I've already done the work. It's up to you to choose to believe it. But why does John chapter 15 say that God is the vine and we're the branches? And it is, why is it so good for us to bear fruit? In other words, to do things that show that we're, we're producing what God has put into our lives. Why is it? That the Father might be glorified. See, sometimes we it blow off. We're celebrating the goodness of God because it takes three days to carry off the blessing. But there's a reason that we don't forget. Listen, it says this. Jehoshaphat then led all the men of Judah and Jerusalem back to Jerusalem in an exuberant parade. They're having a parade back to Jerusalem, all the men. God has given them joyful relief from their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and came to the temple of God with all the instruments of the band playing. Wouldn't that be a sight? When the surrounding kingdoms, listen, when the surrounding kingdoms got word that God had fought Israel's enemy, the fear of God descended on them. Here's the outcome. Jehoshaphat heard no more from them as long as he reigned. Peace reigned. John 15, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. There's more times that God talks to his people when they're in a, in a time of peril, the problem's there, all through the Bible, all through the Bible, that, that God the Father says to his people, remember. Now he says different things, but the main thing that he Continuous, remember what I have done for you. I brought you out of Egypt. 
I put you in a, a country that you didn't have to build the houses, plant the vineyards, the olive groves. You, you got blessed. On, remember. Rem, why does he say that? Because all of us have a tendency to forget when the problem comes. God, are you going to be good to me this time? I don't know if you can be good to me this time. That's why we decide right now and we walk in the revelation of the goodness of God in our life. We allow it to come out of our mouth. If you're one of those that, you know, you know, I kind of feel funny raising my hands and surrender to God. You know what I mean? There's got to be a process. You didn't walk overnight. And if you've been allowing the enemy for 50 years to put you in a place, don't, don't expect God to put you out of that place in two weeks. It's going to take a process of you walking in it and experiencing the goodness of God. If you don't feel, as I said before, in a minute when Lisa comes up here and worship, put your, guys, maybe it's you. Put your hands in your belt loops. And then when you get to that place where it says, heaven will come to fight for me, just give it God. You know, praise God like that. Right? Nobody will see you, but you'll be... There's a process. You'll be driving down the road one day and people will go, he must have some bees in that car because you'll be just doing this. <laughs> Singing to the radio. God, you're good. I dare you, before the miracle comes in your life, to worship God right now. Let's do it right now. Lisa, why don't you come back up? We're going to sing this song. The Hmm. I'm going to allow her to choose that one of those songs that we talked about. Can, can you stand just with me for a minute? I, I want you right now, just close your eyes. That's kind of why we lower the, the lights. And, and if you need to go to the restroom, go quick and come back. But, but this morning, I want you to see, as we go into worship, right now, for just that quick, I want you to think, what is the problem that I'm dealing with? And then put your hope in the goodness of God. God, you can do that. And as I go into this fight, I'm singing the goodness of God. His mercy endures forever. His love will never quit. And as you begin to confess that, allow that thankful heart to come all over you. Would you worship this morning? Sing the words of this song as a confession to God and to yourself.